Hello, friends. And welcome to Mad as a Hatter. A Curiosities and Conspiracies podcast. Okay, somebody really needs to look up what the tagline is and tell me. <laughs> Curiosities and Conspiracies. Okay, I had it switched. I'm so sorry, everyone. Paige knows her own podcast, I promise. It's fine. So, um, today is... Super Bowl Sunday. Yes. Well, not when this comes out. But. No. We are recording on Super Bowl Sunday, and we hear the games going a little rough. So, for little... those of you who are watching, we're sending some love to your past selves. I'm hoping that Rams make it out. Yes. We'll see if we're, tr- if we're right. I can't. Did you see that meme about um, Tom Brady? And he's like one Super Bowl win away from like erasing half of the NFL because of the Thanos rings. <laughs> no, I did not see that. That's yeah, it was awesome. so funny. He, it's like a photo of him like holding his hand up with all the Super Bowl rings, and he's only missing like the sixth one. <laughs> and like he's one away from wiping out half of the NFL. Just one snap. <laughs> Come on, Rams, prevent that. Come on, we can't have another Super Bowl with them. To those of us, to. To those of you listening who now know the outcome, shh, don't spoil it. <laughs> we'll know the outcome by the time this comes out. Yes. Let's pause for a moment to see if a time machine appears. Nope. None of our listeners have invented time travel. No. <sighs> Maybe one day. Eventually. Yes. So, we, so these are our last episodes before... White Rabbit. Woo! Dun-dun-dun-dun. <laughs> dun <laughs> That is not our new official White Rabbit theme song, but I dig <laughs> we it. We need one. I dig it. We, we should be like, do, 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 do. <laughs> I like it. Okay. Future editor, save that clip. We're keeping it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So this is episode nine with Darby. On Wednesday, you will hear from me, episode 10. And then the next week, that Sunday, so the, win- so the Sunday after Wednesday, you will get your White Rabbit episode. Yes. And do not hold on. You will not hear from me Wednesday. We are doing a combined episode. So both of right. us will be speaking on Sunday. We won't have one Wednesday. And then we will go back to episode 11 that following next Sunday. Yes. It's all super confusing. Don't worry. We'll post about it. It's confusing to us, too. We had to shout out to listener Jane for helping us figure it all out. <laughs> She has been listening to us religiously, and we promised her that in return for helping us figure this out, we give her a hell of a snap, a shout out. So thank you, listener Jane. Thank you, Jane. We appreciate you, Mama Jane. <laughs> yes. So it will be a combined episode. It will be a longer episode because you're hearing from both of us. And Darby, what is our theme? 2319. <laughs> that is not the theme of the White Rabbit episode. No, but I really wanted to say it. <laughs> I was getting there. <laughs> We're not saying it. Oh, right. <laughs> I'm trying to spoil and surprise, so instead we're going to tell you it's 2319. <laughs> Today's date, also the Super Bowl, the day that we are recording, <laughs> if you put up all the digits of the date, it is 2-3-2019, also known as 2319. What's that reference? Monsters, Inc. Yeah. <laughs> well, for those of us who are noobs and have not watched it. I disown all of you. Monsters, Inc. is the best, and I will go to war over it. If you don't understand the reference, mm, go watch Monsters, Inc. Yes. There's been some contamination from you not watching it. Yes. Yes. So, 2319. Also today, we have posted our post about if you like and follow and give us a little bit of love, we will give you a sticker. Yes. So, on that White Rabbit 
Well, by this point, the shout-outs are closed, but we'll do another one of those real soon. But on White Rabbit, expect those shout-outs to be coming out on anyone who has shared that post and liked all of our social medias. Yes, and keep an eye out on your mailbox because we will be sending out stickers to all of those who do that as a little bit of love back. Um, I worked really hard on those, so if you have any complaints about them, go ahead and send them to your trash can. (laughs) (laughs) Because they were a doozy to make. No, I... They... I like them. I think you guys will fall in love with them, and they are super adorable. Yes. And we do fully plan on doing more of more fun stuff like that. Yes. We're slowly working on some more merchandising things, some more advertising stuff. Um, I'm looking into stickers, and hopefully next up is going to be pop sockets and buttons. So we'll see how that goes. We're looking into them. So if you have any suggestions for future things that you'd like to see or competitions, please definitely let us know. Um, MadHatterPodcast at gmail.com. Send us any suggestions that you have. Yes. Um, So without further ado, it's time for the topic we've all been waiting for, especially me. So let's find out who Jack the Ripper was. Yes, finding out here today on Mad as a Hatter podcast, we will deduce the identity. Yes, I have four options for us, so we'll get into that. Ooh. Okay. I did send Darby some pictures from my encyclopedia of serial killers that had a full entry on Jack the Ripper and about like 18 different possibilities, and it was so hard for me not to read it as I was doing that. I apologize. I did not use that. I can't go over 18 different people. I'm not saying you have to go over 18 different people. I was just saying that there were 18 possibilities. Oh, there's more than that. Oh, yeah. No, I'm there's just sure. a lot. Anyway. <laughs> but, yeah. But we'll no, find out tonight. I mean, Don't I guarantee these people are in there. But anyway. Yes. So, who was Jack the Ripper? Well, we don't know who, but. <laughs> I vote Walt Disney. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He is not a suspect. Please do He's not quote me. On not that. even alive. No. <laughs> um, so Jack the Ripper was killing in 1888 um, in East End of London. These killings were also known as the Whitechapel Murders. Oh, I actually didn't know that. I love Jack the Ripper, but I did not know that. Yeah, because it that was seems like, pretty elementary. <laughs> in the Whitechapel District. That makes sense. So it's the Whitechapel murders. So there are a lot of murders that are unknown to whether they were Jack the Ripper or just Whitechapel murders. Oh, okay. I mean, we'll get into some of those as well. Okay. So. Okay. There we go. <laughs> um, managed, it managed to expose the sordid underbelly of the Victorian society due to bringing the press to the poorest crime-ridden corners of London. So are you saying Jack the Ripper's a good guy? <laughs> in a way. In a way. In a way. He in did this way. Good. Yes. He brought the media to the poorest side of London and exposed a lot of stuff that was going on there. Good Samaritan Jack the Ripper. Um, <laughs> we'll get into that too, I guess. <laughs> um, okay, so we're just going to get into the kind of the timeline of him. Um, I will mm-hmm. say I'm not going into any depths of what he actually did because that's not what this is about. Nope. This is a conspiracy podcast. Uh, so if you want to know how he ripped out all the organs and stuff, do that on your own. <laughs> yes, I have listened to a couple different Jack the Ripper podcast episodes from other uh, shows. Super recommend. We will give them a shout out. They yes. are the best. 
Um, okay, so it started, it all started on August 7th, 1888. Uh, prostitute Martha Tabram is found stabbed to death on a landing in George Yard Buildings. August 31st, 1888, 3.40 a.m. Body of Mary Ann Nichols, Jack's commonly known first victim, was found in Buck's Row White Chapel. So that's known as the common first victim. So Martha was discovered later on or tied to the case later on? She was discovered on August 7th. She is one that we're not sure if it was him or just general murders in that time frame. Okay. However, it was in the same area. Okay. And it was in the same time frame. So I threw her in there as a possible. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Then through September 1st and September 4th of 1888, police questions neighbors of Mary Ann. They learn about Leather Apron, nicknamed by prostitutes. We'll get into him. <laughs> he had extorted money from them for the past 12 months. Gosh dang it, Leather Apron. Stop so it. Leather Apron comes into the suspect pool. Uh, September 5th, 1888, the Star newspaper publishes a write-up on Leather Apron, which causes the first murmurs of anti-Semitism in the district. Okay, I'm going to put the puzzle pieces together or try to. How does Leather Apron tie with anti-Semitism? <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> it was on Jack the Ripper's official website, okay? I'm sorry, Darby, <laughs> I didn't mean to. No, you're okay. I was just curious. I might have actually put that later on. I did these notes in like four different days. That's fine. So. <laughs> we'll see. I don't remember. Either cut this out or don't. Let's figure we'll it find out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. September September 6, 1888 at 6 a.m. Second victim, Annie Chapman, found in backyard of 29 Hanbury Street. Oh, Annie Chapman. No. September 10th, 1888. Mr. George Lusk starts the Mile End Vigilance Committee, hoping to assist the police with their endeavors to catch the murderer. So this is the very first neighborhood watch. Yes. <laughs> well, yes, that I know Thanks. of. You can blame all your neighborhood watch problems on Mr. George Lusk. You may be able to more, blame more problems on him. We don't know. Ooh. <laughs> yes, remember all the names I'm listing off. Okay, will do. Just, <laughs> just so you know. Um, That's a lot of names. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> 6 a.m., John Prizer, whom Sergeant Thick maintains a recognized. <laughs> John Prizer, Sergeant Thick maintains, is recognized as Leather Apron. Okay. John is arrested. He can, however, provide alibis for the two recent murders and is released. Typical. September 27th, 1888, a letter addressed Dear Boss arrives at the central news agency Ooh. it is signed jack the ripper so he gave himself his own name yes okay we'll read that letter in a little bit <gasps> yay um <laughs> september 30th 1888 1 a.m the body of elizabeth strider is found on burner street off commercial road 1 a.m the body of Catherine edos is discovered in mitry square in london london police now join the hunt October 1st. That was two in one day. Yes. Oh, my gosh. 45 minutes apart. He's a busy man. Um, Which, those two, I will, little side note, 
it is unsure whether both of them were him or not. Oh, okay. Um, they're both thought to have been because the MO matches. However, they are fairly far apart and 45 minutes apart oh, that true. the bodies were found. This was before forensics where they could tell yeah. how far they died. So there is a chance that it was the same, but there's also a chance that it's not possible, if that makes sense. No, yeah, it totally makes so. sense. So they're like, so back then they were like, there's no way he could have traveled 45 in this time and this distance in 45 minutes. Yes, but okay. also the body could have been dead for three hours. We don't know because this was before forensics. So True. Okay. There's cases on both ends. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're now on October 1st, 1888. Letter from Jack the Ripper is made public. So this is the Dear Boss letter. They made it public hoping that the public could help them identify the handwriting. Which, for me personally, I've always wondered why they why they release entire documents. Like, I feel like the, to keep some letters, like the name out especially, or like some details, like just to have like a little snippet of the handwriting rather than the entire thing. I don't know well, if that would prevent copycats or not. So what they do now is um, if they at least have some suspects, they'll actually have you write down bits of the letter. Mm. They have you copy the letter basically. Yeah. And then compare the handwriting because they need to know exactly how you write these letters in this order. Because, like, when I write a T, if it's by itself, it's different than how I write it as TH. Yes, entirely. So. Same thing with me and E's. Yeah, so they have to identify how you write these letters together. Yes. I know handwriting analysis, if you have not looked it up, is super interesting. I could probably do my own psychology episode on it. Um so I highly recommend you guys check it out. You 100% can, because I had to study it in forensics. Yes. I had to study I, the psychology behind it. I remember, look, we um, looked at, we did not get to study it, but, like, it was brought up in our psychology yeah. classes, and I'm, I'm super jealous you got to study it, because it looks so freaking cool. Um, fun fact, so when I was in forensics, I wanted to be um, either a fingerprint, ana- fingerprint analysis, ballistics analysis, or handwriting analysis, which are actually all the same thing. They all fall under the same, like, study, so I could have gone back and forth on all of them. But in my forensics class, the handwriting that we analyzed, Jack the Ripper. Oh, which I have heard. I have not seen it personally, but I have. Well, I've seen snippets of it, but not enough Mm -hmm. to recall it. But I have heard that he has really cool handwriting. Yeah. Well, you'll see it later on. Yes. Um, (laughs) But yeah, yeah. in psychology, we more debunked handwriting ballistics and well not ballistics as much but handwriting you can't and, really yeah ballistics. handwriting and uh fingerprinting we had to we spent most of our time debunking it rather than supporting it but i still see validity in it it's better than nothing handwriting is very unique how you write the writing up means you're happy and writing down means you're sad no yeah no uh <laughs> but handwriting is 100 percent your own because we had even had to like analyze signatures and all this stuff we had a lot of stuff we had to study yeah like there's there's a whole job Um, just like validating signatures to know whether or not they're correct like i believe in handwriting i do have some issues with fingerprinting but i do believe at the same time fingerprinting is also your own the difference is scars and stuff but even those scars are unique like you're not going to slice your finger the same exact way i slice mine exactly well there's a lot of in psychology we more studied the original fingerprinting where it was a person who would yeah. compare the two fingerprints like they would look and compare them rather than a computer that's, doing it we had to do that in my class but that's hours of work yes no but there are very and like, there are ways that like a person can be skewed or biased like if they know that they're looking at offenders 
fingerprint, they're more likely to find matches with it if there are no matches. Well, yes, but in a forensics lab, you actually don't know what you're looking at. You don't even know why you're looking at it. Exactly. They don't Again, tell you this any was like the very beginnings of fingerprinting <laughs> before they knew bias yeah. was an issue. Yeah, they're literally like, here, look at this. You can't, you can't ask why. Yeah. I mean, you can't ask, but they're not going to tell you. I remember going to the Alcatraz East Crime Museum. Highly recommend. I think we've mentioned it before in an episode, but they actually will have little exercises like that throughout their forensics lab where you can do it yourself. It's yeah. super cool. Yeah. Anyway, I'm so sorry. I okay. totally dragged us away from our timeline. So we're moving back on to October 6th, 1888. Um, Central News Agency receives another letter that is signed Jack the Ripper. The police ask him not to make it public. See? Good call. October 16th, 88, George Lusk receives a letter addressed from hell. It contains half a kidney that is thought to be Catherine Eddowes. Not a full kidney. Nope, just half. Half a kidney. On November 9th, 1888, at 1045 a.m., Jack the Ripper's possible last victim, 25-year-old Mary Kelly, is found dead in her room. 13 Millos- Millers Court, Drosset Street, Spaddlefield. Spaddlefield. I'm sorry for everyone from London. I would not know. <laughs> I just butchered that city, but um, yes. So this is the possible last one. Possibly the last one. So his first one was around what, August? Yes, August 7th. Possible so, August 7th, definitely August 31st. Okay, so definitely August, and then now we're thinking November, November 9th. Okay. Mm-hmm. July 1889, the body of Alice McKenzie is found in Castle Alley off Whitechapel High Street. Despite the fact that her injuries were less savage than those inflicted on previous victims, several detectives believe her to have been the last victim of Jack the Ripper. I have a lot of doubt on that one. I, I, I'm going to say that with full disclaimer that I am not a detective. I have no experience <laughs> with Jack the Ripper. But I'm just, to have that large of a gap of time, like that's almost six months. Yeah, but maybe we'll find out why. Ah, true. <laughs> Well, I'm coming in with it skeptical. <laughs> well, it depends on who you believe he was, on whether you believe that that's possible or not. Oh, that would make a big difference. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. One of our victims, that would be the only logical thing. Mm-hmm. Usually, I don't know, I've heard a lot from criminology, like, if a person, if a killer gets re-triggered, or they um, face another moment where they go back to killing after a long gap, it's usually another spree. So it will depend unless on who it's it is. one of our suspects. Yes, unless it's with a suspect. So <laughs> that was my initial doubt. I was like, it's usually another spree, not just like one random killing six months later. So I don't know. Again, not an expert. But he was also, I mean, he brought a lot of light into that area. He was only killing prostitutes. Like, as far as we know, he was doing everything. He ha- he might have had a reason. Thought he was doing good. Vigilante killers are super interesting. Ooh, hot topic. We'll find out. Anyway, so let's look at the letters. You are now allowed to pull up the pictures. <gasps> Yay. Sorry. I was right. He does have cool handwriting. <laughs> so the first letter we ever received was Dear Boss. Mm-hmm. It was originally believed to be just another hoax. Three days later, the double murder of Stride Edwards made them reconsider, especially once they learned the portion of the letter's earlobe was found cut off from the body, eerily reminiscing 
of a promise made within the letter. The police deemed the Dear Boss letter important enough to reproduce in the newspapers and post bills of the time, hoping someone would recognize the handwriting. Let's read the letter. Yes. I'm go. I'm sorry this is going to sound terrible because it is old English. I'm going to read it just how he wrote it. Okay. So, Dear Boss, I keep on hearing the police have caught me, but they won't fix me just yet. I have laughed when they took so clever and talked about being on the right track. That joke about leather apron gave me real fits. I am down on whores and I shan't quit ripping them up till I get buckled. Grand work the last job was. I gave the lady no time to squeal. How can they catch me now? I love my work and want to start again. You will soon hear me with my funny little games. I have saved some of the proper red stuff in a ginger beer bottle over the last job to write with, but it went thick like glue and I can't use it. Red ink is fit enough, I hope. Ha ha. The next job I do shall clip the lady's ear off and send to the police officers just for jolly, wouldn't you? Keep this letter back till I do a bit more work. Then give it out straight. My knife's so nice and sharp, I want to get to work right away if I get a chance. Good luck. Yours truly, Jack the Ripper. Don't mind me giving the trade name. P.S. Wasn't good enough to post this before I got all the red ink off my hands. Curse it, no luck. They say I'm a doctor now. Ha ha. I, I'm sorry, I love him. (laughs) (laughs) That's... A, terrifying. I have goosebumps. Mm -hmm. I've never actually read Jack the Ripper's letters. But that... He sounds really fun. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It may just be the old English, but he sounds like a Mad Hatter to throw a name into our our name out. But that sounds super fun. He definitely sounds a little crazy. (laughs) Just a wee bit. (laughs) If not super narcissistic. Yeah, no, he definitely is. He's like, you can't catch me. That's why all the serial killers that write letters to the police are like, I'm writing this because you can't catch yeah. me. And Looking I know you, Zodiac. you can't catch me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Zodiac was the exact yeah. same way. Well, there's a whole, like, category of killers who insert themselves in the police mm-hmm. investigation yep. who they'll either be, they'll be a witness to their own murder. They'll pop in as, mm-hmm. like, somebody giving a tip on an advice line. And there's a lot of serial killers who have gotten caught because they call to correct the police on something. Like, it's now mm. a police tactic to give out the wrong information in order to try to convince them to say, wait, no, that's not... Oh, shoot. Like the uh, San Francisco co- co-ops? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. Killer? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That narcissistic can be a downfall. <laughs> Although he did... He confessed out of guilt, but he did put himself in there. Yeah. Um, anyway. Okay. Next letter. Ooh. This is the one that was not made public. Okay. This is um, the one from October 1st. Mm-hmm. The handwriting is similar to that of the Dear Boss letter and makes direct references to both this letter and the murders of the previous night. So that's why they are pretty sure it was true. I was not coding, dear old boss, when I gave you the tip. You'll hear about Saucy Jack's work tomorrow. Double event this time. Number one sequeled a bit. Couldn't finish straight off. Ha. Not the time to get ears for police. Thanks for keeping last letter back till I got to work again. Jack the Ripper. This one sounds a little bit more demented. Like yes. A little bit more So this would have been the one that was around the 
two murders that they were unsure whether Jack yeah. did at the same time. But you have a picture of that one? Did I do? Uh, wait. I think I might only have that and that the hell one actually. Nope. Nope. I see it. Okay. I got a Take picture of most of the ones I'm, I was talking about. For me, that handwriting looks a lot more different. But obviously, not a handwriting analysis. I can see the similarities. We had to compare these two and the hell one, and they are very similar. The uh, the other one I'm going to talk about is a little different, but yeah, this one just looks like that last one looks like more old eight old cursive, like old school. This one just looks newer, but I mean, he could be that he was writing it faster. Who knows? Yeah, it's much shorter. Yeah, and I mean, um, there's a giant blood smear all over it too, so. That could be distracting me. <laughs> well, yeah. As always, disclaimer, I am not at all a professional. <laughs> it's just my first reactions. Okay. So the last one I do have a picture of as well is from Hell. Mm-hmm. Um, again, handwritings are very similar. We are about 90% sure that all of these three at least came from the same person. Whether it was from Jack or not. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure because he has a lot of things about them but did they ever know if he was writing with ink because this one does not look like ink no he well he said in the first letter Mm -hmm. that he saved the blood to write with but it dried up too fast so he had to use red ink (gasps) that's true but he wanted to write with blood so we don't know about the other ones because he doesn't mention it again i mean this and they can't test it true this one looks like blood like it looks and he was known to write letters like stuff on the walls in blood yes mm-hmm. so i remember that yeah that's crazy um so it is very possible yeah most of the i'll admit most of the jack the ripper also he had a kidney by this time so he could have used the blood from that <laughs> i'm just imagining like squeezing it out of the kidney like a pen <laughs> oh, that's morbid and super gross but this is the first thing that popped into my head gross Ugh. that's just ew Okay, so from hell, <laughs> Mr. Lusk, sir, sore. I sent you half the kidney I took from one woman and persuaded it for you to their peace. I fred <laughs> and ate it. Was very nice. I may send you the bloody knife that took it out of you. Only. Wait a while longer. Signed, catch me when you can, Mr. Lust. Hmm. Sounds a lot less elegant than his first one. It does. So, theories on From Hell. Yes. So, the victim that I mentioned, Catherine, was missing half her kidney. Mm -hmm. That was gone. However, there were no DNA tests, so we cannot tell if this exact kidney was from catherine or if maybe like a bystander came by noticed she was missing half a kidney was a medical student took a kidney sent it in yeah i'm sorry i'm gonna say those are very far-fetched i really do believe this one because maybe it's just me being like the optimistic i don't think that there's that many sickos in london that are uh reproducing kidneys (laughs) i think it's so funny you think that way because i thought the exact opposite i totally was like copycat killers are a big thing well they they, well they don't well there's copycat killers and then there's people who want to claim to be the person and like there's a lot of people who are like i'm too anxious or something to actually do the physical crime but i want to take blame for it so they're so i instantly went the other way i was like yep i believe it medical student (laughs) 
Take him to court. Uh, <laughs> I just feel like that's a lot but of yeah, that is, that Like, is. that's a lot of coincidences right there. Yeah. Because they had this before they published. They're like, oh, she was missing half a kidney. And, like, you had to have stumbled upon that. Found out that she was missing half a kidney. Find another kidney. Yeah. Send it in. Yeah, it is a lot. It <laughs> like, is. that's just a I lot. Admit, that's yeah. my thing. Um, in today's world, not so much because there's cars and, like, but in 1888? Yeah. But, like, in, at, like, 1 a.m.? I mean, like, these bodies <laughs> were left out. I mean, it's not like we know nowadays well, yeah, but for, it like, was... instantaneous knowledge. Somebody could have stumbled across the body and never said a word. Yes, but it was all very late at night. Yes. In the worst part of town. True. There, there's a reason that we don't know who he is. There were not that many people out. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's just there's so much about Jack the Ripper that it's it's crazy. It's He is now, like, this mythological beast that nobody knows just because there's so much that we don't know. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was... I was used to the old English. So this definitely says, I thought that was saying friend and misspelled. Yeah. It's definitely supposed to be, I send you half the kidney I took from one woman and preserved it for you. The other half I fried and ate. It was very nice. I may send you the bloody knife that took it out of you. Only wait a while longer. Okay. I think you said fried. Because I did, oh, did I? I did get that I piece. was thinking friend and eight, oh. and I was like, that does not make sense. Yeah. Okay, well, now that I'm not trying to, like, read how he wrote, it's yes. much easier for me to be like, this is what it said. Because <laughs> he has a lot of misspellings. And that's very hard for dyslexic me. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the picture of it, and I can't even... Are you reading off the letter? No. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the letter. I was trying to follow along with you. It is nearly impossible for me to know exactly what you're saying yeah no i transcribed it yeah so i think so i think you did a great job i certainly was sitting here going i'm just gonna take her word for it (laughs) this handwriting is very difficult it is a little bit more statistic when like sadistic when you know that he preserved it and ate it i'm sorry back then what did he preserve it in vinegar probably probably yeah salt they had canning true I guess this isn't that back. This isn't like ye old pilgrim. Eighteen eighty eight. I don't. Ooh, pickled kidney. No, thank you. Anyway, so another possible letter. I don't have a picture for this because it is not really not like famous. It's not as known as the like the other three are ninety percent from Jack the Ripper. Yeah, this was not that high. Okay. <laughs> October sixth, eighteen eighty eight. Sent to two men believed to have witnessed Jack the Ripper. It is unknown if the letter is real, but this is it. You threw yourself very clever. I reckon when you informed the police, but you made a mistake if you thought I didn't see you. Now I know you know me and I see your little game. And I mean to finish you and send your ears to your wife. If you show this to the police or help them, if you do, I will finish you. It is no use you're trying to get out of my way because I have you when you don't expect it and I keep my word as you soon see and rip you up. Yours truly, Jack the Ripper. P.S. You see, I know your address. My gut reaction with this one is just no. Like, this one's so much more threatening. The other ones he seemed like more playful. This one is to two people who believe that they saw him. 
don't I uh, I just I don't I don't like it. <laughs> I'm gonna be way more threatening once I think I'm about to get caught than I am if I'm like, you don't even know me. Well I feel ha -ha. like Catch Again, me if you can. Just my initial musings. Like, he's such a playful, like, he plays with them. He toys with them. He's narcissistic. He thinks that he's above them. I don't know. Maybe he'd be like, oh, you thought you saw me. Well, yeah, he's but I mean, like, he has no reason to play with these two. True. They're not prostitutes and they're not police. I know. I, I mean, that's the reason why we don't know if it's really him or not. I, yeah. Many, many people may feel like me and they don't believe it. You sound like you believe we don't, it. Well, we don't have the letter sample, so we can't compare handwriting. <laughs> i don't know I so don't. that's honestly that's the real reason we don't know is because we do not have the sample we can't compare handwriting yeah. um stop shooting down all my thoughts <laughs> well i mean that that right there says that we don't know if it's real or not we yeah. don't we can't compare i know <laughs> <laughs> there is no yes or no i'm just musing um another possible letter that's not confirmed says Beware, I shall be at work on the first and second inst in the minories at 12 midnight, and I give the authorities a good chance, but there is never a policeman near when I attack. Or, sorry, when I am at work. Yours, Jack the Ripper. Um, so, I can't remember. Well, it doesn't give me a month on that. That's why... I did not say whether it he did kill or not. He did kill on the first and second of different months, but I don't have mm -hmm. a month, so yeah. um, another reason we don't know. Uh, also, I don't believe that was sent to the police at all. That was sent to like the papers. Um, there are other letters though that could be from Jack. However, I don't believe them to be real. I read through those. These were the two that I was like, yeah, this kind of sounds like it could be him. The other ones did not sound like him at all. <laughs> um, and I looked at some of the handwriting that didn't match, but yeah. Um, okay, so who is he? Ripperologists. Yes, that's a thing. They Ripperologists kind of study Jack the Ripper, and that is their life work. Something to dedicate your life to. <laughs> There was a good amount of speculation that the killer demonstrated some amount of medical and or anatomy knowledge. Mm -hmm. Which makes sense where he was laughing that, oh, so now I'm a doctor, haha. -ha. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's exactly why I said that. And he did, like, rip out the kidneys and he tore – things I did not say. He tore these bodies apart with knowledge of how a body was torn apart. Like, he didn't mm -hmm. just take a knife and stab it. He, like, surgically opened these bodies and – gently remove the organs without destroying yeah them. i remember <laughs> something that i had seen on him was that people people were actually studying these killings mm -hmm. to learn anatomy yeah because no, they were like, like he is doing this very well he when he removed the kidney it was very surgically like it was surgically done it was mm -hmm. not a hack job yeah he um definitely knew something whether he was taught or just self-learned mm -hmm. um to this end, the police began looking into the activities of several medical students who had spent time in asylums. However, all students ended up being proven innocent. Okay. So, suspect one, medical victims. Crossed off. Medical students. Yes. What did I say? Victims. <laughs> <laughs> They're victims, too. Uh, I mean, maybe. Okay. So, suspect one, medical students. Crossed off. Got it. 
Um, others disagree that the murder was demonstrating any great degree of medical skill and opinioned that his abilities were little more than those of a butcher. Hmm. Which, by the way, butchers also have to know how to remove intestines without slicing them. Yeah, I was, I was about to say, I was like, butchers, their job is to cut up bodies. So... Like, <laughs> yeah, um, sure, they're animal bodies, but they're still bodies. Basically, then that became another suspect. Yeah. Well, but butchers have to know this, too. Okay, suspect two, butchers, no. <laughs> um, the police, therefore, carried out extensive inquiries amongst the numerous local butchers and slaughterhouses. But yet nothing came of their investigations as all the alibis checked out, thus eliminating those interviewed as suspects. <laughs> Which my first feeling was, I was like, man, they all had good inter- alibis? Okay. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people that all have alibis. Let's be honest. Their alibis probably, I was at home sleeping with my wife. Probably. I'm going to be real. Like, if somebody asked me, like, what did you do last week? I'm like, uh. What did you do at 2 a.m. last week on a Tuesday? <laughs> 2 a.m. I was definitely asleep. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like that's a legit alibi. I know it's different if it's like, what did you do at 5 p.m. last week? I was asleep in bed with my wife. It's like, uh, I don't believe you. <laughs> Which there's definitely been times I've been asleep at five o'clock. I'm not even gonna lie. <laughs> so I would be a shady suspect. Uh, so yeah, I feel like in the 1800s it was pretty easy to get an alibi. Yeah. <laughs> okay, suspect number one: leather apron. Mm-hmm. Apparently, this man was known to try to extort money from them by, sorry, them was prostitutes. My bad. (laughs) (laughs) Them, the prostitutes. (laughs) From prostitutes. By pulling out a knife and threatening to rip them apart unless they handed over what cash they had made in the course of their nighttime activities. Like, what a catchphrase to have. And then, like, all of a sudden, this Jack the Ripper appears and he's Uh like... Dude, <laughs> this has been my catchphrase forever. Like, and now you're doing it. Out of all the things you and I both could have chosen. It's like when you awkwardly wear the same dress as someone. Conveniently that they both have the same catchphrase. Hmm. Exactly. Hmm. Anyway. I don't know. I just That's also something funny to say. I'm going to rip you apart. like With my knife. Yeah. Just... A hunt that would end on 10th September. 1888, when Sergeant Thick <laughs> arrested John Prizer. I'm trying so hard with this name. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> maintaining that he was the man known in the district as Leather Apron. However, Prizer had alibis for the knights of the two most recent murders and was soon released as a suspect. I didn't hear anything after Sergeant Thick. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm a child. <laughs> Would you rather we said William Thick? That makes it worse. Bill Thick. <laughs> sorry, Sergeant Thick. You did your duty. You tried to stop Jack the Ripper. We honor you. And I'm trying really hard. I'm sorry. So, catch up. Basically, John Prizer not was for sure Leather Apron. Yes. Had alibis for the night of the murders. Okay. Again, possibly those shady alibis that we don't really know. Right, about. we don't, I don't know what their alibis are. <laughs> I mean, you think about all the technology we have now to check out alibis, it's like, well, your phone was actually somewhere else. Yep. Like, they didn't have that back then. His alibi was probably, or maybe he had an alibi. He's like, he I was, was threatening another prostitute. That's what I was going to say. He was really, he was threatening someone else. Yeah. I wasn't here. I was threatening her. Could you, you imagine, her. hey, can you speak on my behalf and tell them that I threatened you? <laughs> 
or I'll rip you apart. And I stole your money. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the sentence for like threatening and stealing money is probably a lot less than murder. I would, especially serial murder. <laughs> In the 1880s, they still had the death penalty back then. They had public hanging. It's like that meme going around right now. It's like do you know that there and it's a crime to lie on the stand it's like yeah but it's a lot less sentence than murder that's true (laughs) (laughs) okay suspect number two charles cross charles cross found mary nicholas at 3 40 a.m on his way to work the general consensus has consensus has always been that cross had the misfortune of stumbling upon the body of jack the ripper's first victim as he made his way to work and that there his involvement in the case ended Hmm. in 2012 he was listed as a suspect and thought to have said he stumbled upon the body to throw the police off that's what we were talking about earlier Uh with how they insert themselves in the investigation yeah who would i mean it's like that law and order thing you never guess the person who finds the body right yeah because it's like oh well they did the right call they called the police yeah they're a good samaritan oh crap maybe they did it uh not only was he actually in the area at the time but he was also walking towards the very location where the murder occurred more or less at the exact time that the murder was being carried out talk about being at the wrong place at the wrong time (laughs) statement charles a cross careman said he had been in the employment of Messrs. Pickford and Co. for some years. On Friday morning, he left home about half past three to go to work, and passing through Buck's Row, he saw on the opposite side something laying against the great the gateway. In the dark, he could not tell at first what it was. It looked like a tarpaulin sheet, but walking to the middle of the road, I saw it was a figure of a woman. Oh, he saw it was a figure of a woman. Sorry. (laughs) At the same time, he heard a man about 40 yards away coming up Buck's Row in the direction Witness had himself come. He stepped back and waited for the newcomer who started on one side as if he feared that the witness might have knocked him down. The witness said, come and look over here. There's a woman. They both went across to the body and the witness took hold of the hands while the other man stopped over her head to look at her. The hands were cold and limp, and the witness said, I believe she's dead. Then he touched her face. It felt warm. The other man placed his hand on her heart, saying, I think she's breathing, but it's very little if she is. He suggested that they should shift her, meaning in the witness's opinion that they should seat her upright. And the witness replied, I'm not going to touch her. Good. Never move a body. Like, you don't know if that will harm them further. Sorry. First aid tactic. Don't move a This is an 1888. I don't think they knew that. (laughs) To all of our listeners, if someone is injured and fallen, do not move them unless they are in danger further. The woman's legs were uncovered. Her bonnet was off, but close to her hand. (gasps) Her bonnet was off. Oh, I guess she was a prostitute. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That took a minute. (laughs) The witness did not notice that her throat was cut at the the night, uh, as the night was very dark. He and the other man left the deceased, and in Baker's Row, they saw police constable Manizer, whom they told that the woman was lying in Buck's Row. The witness added, she looked she looks to me either dead or drunk and the other man remarked i think she's dead (laughs) 
That seems like a very interesting conversation. Yeah. <laughs> the policeman answered, all right. <laughs> As one does respond with. <laughs> this is, hold on. Let's just reenact this. She looks to me either dead or drunk. I think she's drunk. All right. <laughs> Casual conversation. This whole statement just seems so just out of this world. Like, it's 3.30. I'm on my way to work. Normally, I'm pretty dead. Oh, what's that? Is that a sheet? I should go walk towards this random sheet. Oh, look. There's a man running towards me. Oh, hello, sir. Look, there's a woman. <laughs> let's move her let's not no oh well let me grab her hands oh they're cold let's feel her face oh a little warm maybe she's breathing this just seems so like everybody seems so nonchalant this entire time like if i saw like hey it's 3 30 in the morning i'm not looking around me i'm just trying to get to my destination i'm dead to the world but if i was somehow awake and saw a woman It'd be a lot of screaming. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of, oh my god, what is that? <laughs> this is great. I love this. Uh, <laughs> my favorite part so far. Uh, just this one statement. <laughs> the other man left witness soon afterwards. He appeared to be a car man, but the witness had never seen him before. <laughs> the coroner. Did you see police constable Neil in Buck's row? The witness. No, sir. I saw no one after leaving home except the man that overtook me. The constable in Baker's Row and the deceased. There was nobody in Buck's Row when I left. Coroner. Did the other man tell you who he was? The witness. No, sir. I merely said that he would have fetched a policeman, but he was behind me. I was behind time. Oh, be sorry. Behind time myself. So he was yep. running late. Which, I mean, I think. I would tell my boss, yeah, I'm late because I ran into a dead body. I feel like that would fly. I feel like that'd be okay. I would hope. Yeah. <laughs> the presumption has always been that Robert Paul, the second person to arrive at the scene of Mary Nichols' murder, arrived in Bucks Row shortly after Charles Cross had found her body. But among those who think Cross was a suspect, they think that Paul interrupted Cross in the act. The theory goes that, on hearing Robert Paul's approach, Cross had to think quickly, and so rather than flee the scene and potentially draw suspicion to himself as the perpetrator, he chose instead to remain at the scene and pretend to be shocked. That's pretty smart. I'm not going to lie. Mm -hmm. I vote him. <laughs> we haven't even gotten to any of the other suspects. <laughs> We've only gotten to two. <laughs> I'm like, this guy. <laughs> the nonchalant guy. I'm going with him. Okay. Well, him and Aaron are the highest rated, so now we're going to talk about Aaron. Ooh. Aaron Kismicki. I vote him, just for the name. <laughs> Every listener to this podcast knows that I'm obsessed with names. <laughs> According to Mackinton, um, he was a police officer. Mm -hmm. Oh, detective, I guess. Yeah. On the case. A Polish Jew and resident in Whitechapel, this man became insane, owing to many years' indulgence in solitary vice. He had a great hatred for women, especially of the prostitute class, and had strong homicidal tendencies. He was removed to the lunatic asylum about March 1889. This is where the anti-Semitic comes in to play. I was just about to wonder. <laughs> yes. And so March 1889, that's... That's when the statement came out. Yeah, but that was after all the killings. Mm -hmm. So they think that he yep. killed and then went to the... Ah. Yep. Ah. I assume you were going to get to that. Sorry. <laughs> Yes, I got there. 
um, Kazamiki is of particular interest because in addition to McIntyre's, the two highest ranking officers with direct responsibility for the Jack the Ripper investigation also considered him to be a strong suspect of Jack the Ripper's murders. Okay. In Sir Robert Anderson's memoirs, who was also a detective, mm-hmm. undiscovered murders are rare in London and the Jack the Ripper crimes are not in that category. I merely add that the only person who had ever had a good view of the murder unhesitantly identified the suspect the instant he was confronted with him. But he refused to give evidence against him in saying that he was a Polish Jew. I am merely stating a defiantly ascertained fact. So wait, a witness saw him and identified him as Jack the Ripper and they had to let it go because because of who he is? Yeah, he basically said that he pretty much just is saying that, like, he saw him. He, well, he identified. He said, oh, yeah, I recognize him. But then said, I just recognize that he's a Polish Jew. And that's a fact. But that doesn't have anything to do with him being the killer. Oh, okay. So, like. Sorry, I'm trying to bounce between the older English and this. I know. I know. It's, <laughs> it's like translating. Yeah. Um, so, basically, what this is saying is, like, this guy. Um, who was that? The detective? Anderson. Yeah. Um, Anderson is saying, like, I believe that the witness, like, saw this dude mm-hmm. because he pointed him out. But the witness refused to say, that's Jack the Ripper. He just said, no, that's just some guy that looks familiar, <laughs> pretty much. Oh, okay. <laughs> Pre- Which, I mean, the witness obviously saw what Jack the Ripper was doing. I probably would right. be like, yeah, that's him. That's what I'm going to pin all the blame like, on the killer. <laughs> Anderson said, like, yeah. I think he was afraid to be like, oh, okay, that's him. <laughs> So he refused to give any evidence of it. Okay. It is now known that the suspect in question was the man named Aaron Kuzmikini, mm-hmm. a feeble-minded Im- imbecile who was admitted to Colony Hatch Asylum on February 1891, but who had begun displaying signs of insanity at some stage in the late 1880s. So a feeble-minded imbecile was able to surgically rip off all these people. But, but he didn't... Uh, he started showing signs in 1880. He did not get admitted until 1891. True. Or gets to what mm-hmm. happened. He believed that a higher power spoke to him and controlled his actions and claimed to know the actions of all of mankind. Hmm. Sounded a little bit like my last episode. A little bit of, a couple episodes ago, probably a little bit of. Yeah. So he was actually, he was, um, well, this was before like schizophrenia was yeah. a thing, but uh, all accounts looking back at him now, say, yes, he was schizophrenic. Yeah. However, police at the time also wrote numerous times that he was nonviolent. See? That's why you should not. Schizophrenia is rough. Stop pitting it on them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, basically, he would, he would just say that the higher power spoke to him. He knew all kind, like, all of mankind. Yeah. But he did also, according to them, list off many times that, like, he hated prostitutes. Oh, so he had a lot of things against so him. So there's a lot but against him. He didn't really him, have the behavior. But they're also it. like, but he was nonviolent. But he may have been nonviolent to draw them off. Anybody except for prostitutes. True. That Maybe that's the trigger. only group because he hated them. I don't know. Yeah. Just saying. Okay. Subject two. Or sorry, suspect three. Losing count. Which is going to answer some questions that Paige brought up. Yes. H.H. Holmes. Mm-hmm. As many of you know, H.H. H. Holmes is from England. Yes. But moved to America. And went back to England for a short little stay. 
Interesting. Hence the final victim being years later, eight, yes. one year later. When you did correct me on that with the whole coming back later, I was like, wait a minute. I remember my favorite suspect. <laughs> yeah. I love so, A.J. Holmes. Holmes. Um, Not his actions. Did end up going back and visiting London for a short Seems time. Seems interesting. So that could be the time lapse there. Anyway, it's based solely on the thought that he was in the area at the time. <laughs> I mean, a known serial killer. <laughs> yes, they know 100% he was in the area around the times of the murders. Who was known for surgically messing with people. Uh-huh. But they don't have any handwriting samples to compare. That's probably smart. <laughs> I mean, if I write He didn't write letter- any letters in America. He only wrote letters. Exactly. If I write letters to the police, am I ever going to write anything ever again? <gasps> I'm going to count this as Shredder Count 3. <laughs> I'm counting Wait, it. I thought Megalodon was three. No, that was 2.5. 3.5 oh, okay. we're at. 3.5 shredder counts. Now, my all-time favorite. Yes. Lewis Carroll. Strongly. <laughs> name of this podcast. Wholeheartedly. As soon as, once we turned off the recording as Jack the Ripper, I was like, you're going to bring up Lewis Carroll, right? It's <laughs> the first thing I said to Darby. <laughs> He is my favorite. I learned about him in forensics. I had to compare handwriting. He is my favorite. Yes. As Suspects. we're like looking at that Lewis Carroll picture that you have right <laughs> under the table. He's also my favorite person, but that's beside the point. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we have an entire theme based on one of his works. Yes. Like, <laughs> No, I just think that his theory is also like the best. Um, I mean, he's like a children's author and then he's just going to go and murder all these people. Like, I. You got to get let your anger out somehow. Yep. You do? I mean, that kind of crazy that wrote Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> so, Lewis Carroll was born in 1832, which would make him... 32 and it's 88. We're looking at... 50-something? Yeah. 50-something. Uh, 56. 56. That, he was sprightly for 56 <laughs> if he was killing. Um, he was sent to a boarding school at the age of 12 and sometimes wrote home expressing despondence over the nighttime racket again this guy wrote <laughs> alice in wonderland there's got to be a little bit of fun in that mind in wallace's book jack the ripper light-hearted friend <laughs> just digging his own hole <laughs> he seizes this declaration to be a hint that carol was being physically abused by the older boys at the school oh. suffering a psychiatric break that would plague him for the rest of his life. Oh, that's not funny. I didn't know that about him. That's sad. But we don't know if that's 100%. That's, that's what this guy thinks. True. But yes. if it's true, it is very sad. Carol famously was famously fond of wordplay and anagrams, kept sneaking hidden messages into his correspondences and his published works that provided insight into his state of mind. Rearranging letters from a massive, uh, from a missive to his brother Skimpington, from a message to his brother Skimpington. Is that his first name? Okay. Um, Wallace finds a plea for help. I love that. My dear Skeff, war not lest thou be abolished, translates to ask mother about the red lion. Safer boys fled. Hmm. Okay, first... That nickname, though. Skeff. I like Skeff better than Skeffington. Shane, <laughs> write this down on the list of baby names. Please do not name your child Skeffington. I'm totally going to name child <laughs> Skeffington. <laughs> oh, Skeffington! Oh, I'm... Okay, I'm not speaking to your child. No, I'm joking. <laughs> A, no children on the horizon. B, 
yeah, that's a terrifying name, but I do love that nickname. <laughs> so, what was the Red Lion, you may ask? That was my next point. <laughs> I was sorry. You know me. I love the names. <laughs> I was distracted by the name. The Red Lion was a game played at Carl's boarding school, one that Wallace suspects was sexual in nature, and left Carol burning with fury towards his mother and father, who had sent him to the school and towards society at large. Okay, so let's go back the to that. The more you talk, the more I'm like, he needs to go in my hat. <laughs> my dear Skeff, war not lest thou be abolished. Translates to, ask mother about the red lion. Save her boys fled. Mm-hmm. Ask mother about the games. Save her boys ran away. Oh, no. Anyway, moving on. So, wait. <laughs> So this was something played at the boarding school. His mother didn't play this game with him. No. Okay. Boarding school. Okay. But he's supposed, according to this theory, he is mad at his parents for sending him there. Where they're playing this sexual game. And according to this, he had told his parents something about it. Otherwise, why would he say, ask mom and dad about this game? Yeah. Yep. Oh my gosh. So. After publishing Alice in Wonderland in 1865, Carol continued to teach at Oxford. At the time of the Ripper murders in 1888, Carol published The Nursery Alice, a version of the Wonderland story meant for younger children. In it, Wallace says Carol confesses to the gruesome murders being perpetrated, (laughs) setting about deciphering a suspected anagram from one message. Wallace pulled the following. This is for younger children? Uh Uh-huh. Which, this, first thing I'm going to say. He's committing to murder. He's admitting to murder in a children's book yeah so these first things are actually things that like what he wrote no wait okay this is what he pulled from the book okay if i find one street whore (gasps) you know what will happen twill be off with her head queen of hearts i i got the (laughs) queen of hearts part i'm a little focused on the street whore part (laughs) i'm sorry darby's mother i know i just said whore a lot of times I know. <laughs> oh my god. This is, this is the version for younger children. I need to pick up the original Alice. I know. I need to. After reading that, so I was like, I need to pick up both of these versions. I know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um. So from the same book. Oh no. So we went to the cook and we got her to make a cipher full of nice oatmeal porridge. Yum. And then we called Dash into the house and we said, now Dash, you're going to have your birthday treat. We expected Dash would jump for joy, but it didn't one bit. Mm-hmm. Wallace translated these two. Oh, we Thomas Bryans, Charles Dugson, coited into the slain nude body, expected to trash, oh, sorry, expected to taste, devour, and enjoy a nice meal of a dead whore's uterus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Wallace, do you have the time to just sit there and create an anagram of a dead whore's uterus? I want this kind of free time in my life. (laughs) We made do. Found it awful. Wan and tough like a worn, dirty goat hog. We both threw it out. Jack the Ripper. Oh. So, they cut out the uterus of this (laughs) lady of the night. (laughs) And they ate it, and they found it awful, and then just threw it out. Yes. <laughs> I always want to, like, look at all the letters and try... What? Coral was sick. Or Carol was sick, apparently. 
Or Wallace. I mean, <laughs> Wallace is the one finding these. I mean. Yeah, but he's saying that Carol wrote them. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, have you ever played the game where you have to come up with words out of the one word? Well, yes, but he has a key. He's using a key for this. Oh, he, he has a key? Like a code? Like, that, okay. Yes, when you crack a key, so, so if you think that there's, which Carol was known for having all these anagrams. Yeah, I got that, but I didn't. Sometimes there's a key, so you make sometimes a key. there's not. You have to find a key. You have to figure yeah. it out. Oh, okay. He figured it out. He's using the same key because he thinks this oh. is his key. Okay. <laughs> that makes it more, I'm like, is he just sitting there just trying all the, okay. A no, key like he's makes using more sense. this one key. Yeah. I mean, like, this translates to this, which means this and this and this and, yeah. <laughs> which is Dash's birthday treat translating to eating a uterus. Well, it says he thought he'd be happier, but he wasn't. <laughs> that's true Clearly. he was not happy with his birthday treat it didn't taste good can we then narrow down that jack the ripper's birthday was around that time oh maybe oh but we know carol's birthday we know all i'm of gonna go birthdays. down in history for that just... <laughs> anyway yeah what's carol's birthday i'm curious if it's like around this time <laughs> carol's mother was said to have a large prominent nose which carol must have envisioned when the ripper mutilated the noses of his two victims that is a trend with serial killers and their mothers because he's very angry at his mom for sending him to this boarding school man those and mothers they just mess him up to give more say to this his personal library contained more than 120 books on medical anatomy and health i don't remember any medicine in alice and carol alice and carol alice, alice in wonderland <laughs> Yeah, why does he yeah. need all those books? 120. <laughs> I'm now thinking of the one lone anatomy textbook I have on my shelf. <laughs> There's a lot over there if you just uh, turn around. So, suspect number four, Darby. Fine. Carol <laughs> uh, was within public transportation's distance of his home to the murder site. Mm-hmm. Carol also apparently wrote every night in his journal in red pen until the night of the first murder. Murder. He then switched to black. Hmm. However, his handwriting notes are not a perfect match, but there are theories that say that his friend Brian. Brian, sorry, there's no R. Bian. Bian? Bane. Bane. I'm going with Bane. Bane? Bane. It's Bane now. <laughs> May have written these letters mm-hmm. for him. Because if you go up to the anagram, it definitely says we. Oh. Eight. So he did all the killing and he's like, hey, I brought home dinner. Hey, will you write this oh, letter we, for Oh, we, Thomas me? Bain. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. But who's Charles Dogson? I don't know. <laughs> I don't have that one. He had a couple friends. Um. Oh, and then, sorry. This is a nut. So that is the, um, Lewis Carroll. Mm-hmm. This other one that I apparently am a garbage human for not, like, <laughs> looking more into. That's been a, you said that's a trend. You've used that word a lot lately. That is a trend today. If you look back at our Instagram post, Darby finally posted the birthday gift that I got her. So, in case anyone's wondering, anytime that Mad, the ha- Mad Hatter posts garbage human, it's definitely me writing it. <laughs> if you see a lot of exclamation points, that's me. <laughs> We have Miss Always Yelling and the Garbage Can. <laughs> and the Garbage Can. <laughs> I'm a garbage human. I'm you sorry. You are not, because I also completely forgot. 
You like wore it to class one day. I was like, hey, that looks familiar. <laughs> oh, wait. I gave that to her. It's only two weeks late. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Birthday's coming on. It's good. It's fine. It's only a week after my birthday. <laughs> um, okay, so James Maybrick allegedly left a diary confessing to the murders. <laughs> Which again, we talk about those people who want the right want the credit. So I know I know why I didn't do more like have more for you on this one is because it's pretty much been like you didn't do it. Bye bye. Yeah, yeah. you tried. You tried. <laughs> watch him like uh, not who never been in England. <laughs> those are my favorite. The or watch who him actually be the person like... who did it and nobody believes him. <laughs> He's just like sitting there going, "What more do you He's want? Like, I confessed." I told you, why are you ripiologists still looking into this? That's like a scene, like, where some person, like, goes into the police station and confesses and, like, nobody believes him. Again, the co-op killer. That's literally what happened. He called and said, I killed all these women. And they're like, no, you didn't. Where are you? We'll come pick you up. Yeah. (laughs) Like. You need a hug? Are you okay? You're a liar. Yeah. (laughs) So there's your out. Just go ahead and confess and nobody will believe you. (laughs) So. Can you imagine, I mean, imagine being that police officer who said no, and then, like, his boss is like, dude. That's, like, all the evidence is pointing to this one man. Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so those are my theories. I personally am going with Lewis Carroll and eating the uterus. I like the US- Lewis Carroll option. I do. Although, I guess if I'm going to be a down-to-earth person, I'm going to go with the cross. I think cross Yeah, I was it. thinking, I, I'm leaning towards cross. Who do the but. ripperologists? Um, so, cross and Aaron are the top. Okay. There's, like, 20 different people that everyone thinks they are, but. I wonder if, like, a lot of people don't want to blame Lewis Carroll because he is, like, a children's author. Like, everyone's yeah. like, oh, you don't want to touch oh, the children's teacher, author. Where we had to compare the handwriting. Because his handwriting's not perfect, but it is very similar. Mm. It's not that far off. Um, we did have to look at him because that was her favorite. Um, I do. She, Lewis Carroll's my favorite, but if again, as you said, have to yeah. be more logical. Cross sounds pretty suspicious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, with the Carroll though, we don't have any actual handwriting of him writing these words. Yeah, that's the problem with Holmes. We have things that Holmes wrote. None of them are the same words in the same order, so we really can't compare. Yeah. Like it's because. Yeah, you cannot compare two completely different letters and say, mm-hmm. oh, it's the same. Yeah. The other two... Which like, is where we talked about in yeah. psychology how it can be a downfall at Like, times. it's got to be the same exact... You have to sit the person down. Words. <laughs> yeah. Um, in the same order, too. Like, it's... So, yeah. So, um, those two... Holmes is not a favorable su- subject... Su- suspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As much as I would love him to be, he's not. But, because he spent a lot of his time in America. <laughs> True. <laughs> he didn't really spend that much time in London. Oh, he went back once. He only cares about the Americans. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I would love to hear what you guys think. So I will post a poll. I'll let that poll Ooh. go for a week. And then we'll see who wins. I want to vote. <laughs> we'll both vote. Yay. <laughs> I'm like, do I get a vote? <laughs> Everybody gets a vote. Yay. This is a democracy, a true democracy. Uh-huh. Everybody this gets is one America. vote. <laughs> this is based in England, but this is America. We don't have the college, elect- the electoral college in this poll. Man, get out of here with that fake news. <laughs> uh, There's a conspiracy for you. 
<laughs> yeah. So yes, that is Jack the Ripper. Um, please remember to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for all of this at Mad as a Hatter. Um, Sorry, I'm like anxious for next week's topics. <laughs> we also have a Patreon. It Ooh. is patreon.com backslash mad mad hatter podcast or no it's mad as a hatter podcast yes i'm sorry mad as a hatter podcast um Ooh, we um, now have um, a snapchat um, we have snapchat we do mad hatter pod p-o-d yep please go be friends with us please do we will we always follow back because you have to outside yeah you don't have a choice <laughs> um what oh also send us any suggestions at mad hat mad hatter podcast at gmail.com and please, 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 please rate us on iTunes. Yes. And share us. Share us with your friends. Spread the word. We do. Remember, we do have that. Um, as for always, Darby's really good with the whole social media thing. I created the Snapchat. I contributed. <laughs> That's all her, so. I contributed mainly because <laughs> I don't use my regular Snapchat. So it, until Snapchat lets us flip between accounts, it'll be me. So if you see 3 a.m. Snapchats of me going, making notes, that's all Paige. <laughs> yes. But yes. Okay, with so. With that being said. Now Darby, we can do the topic. Let's see what you're going to pull out from your hat. We shakey, shakey, shake. D.B. Cooper? Yeah. I'm excited. This guy has a real interesting story. So it's a guy. Ooh. I have no idea. Yes. I have no idea. Yeah, no, she has no clue. And it's awesome. This is great because everything else she's kind of known about. Yes. I mean, obviously, it's kind of hard not to know about Jack the Ripper. But yeah, D.B. Like, Cooper? Yeah. So I feel like it, for those of you who do know it and who are face palming very hard, don't judge me. I'm, I just don't know. My stepdad. <laughs> <laughs> this was a suggestion from him. Oh, he's going to kick me out of the house now. He's like, You're I accepted you being here for so no long. No longer welcome to live here. <laughs> I feel like that's the theme of the podcast, me going, what? <laughs> awesome. So next week will be D.B. Oh. Cooper. And that will actually be after our White Rabbit episode. Yes, it will be. So next time you hear from Darby and from me, well, from me, you'll hear my next episode. But next time you hear from Darby will be our White Rabbit combined episode. Yes. So stay tuned. That's coming out Sunday. And remember, we won't have another Wednesday episode. So keep in, right. stay in touch. But we do have a Wednesday episode this week. Yes. <laughs> please don't forget please me. come back on wednesday yeah don't forget me it's a fun topic trust me i have a lot of games for darby to play i'm excited yeah so join us for our next rabbit hole when we talk about fear yeah 